Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to the April 2019 CTSS quiz. There are going to be no April Fool jokes, but we're just going to have simply 10 terrific cases for you. So without further ado, let's get started. In this first case, I asked you what's the least likely diagnosis in this patient with left upper quadrant pain. If you look at the images, what's most impressive to me on the axials and then well shown on the coronals is the markedly thickened gastric folds. In fact, you know, when you have gastric folds that are only in the fundus or mainly in the fundus, you can even think of Menetriase disease, which is kind of rare. You could think of lymphoma infiltration. That's definitely a possibility. Adenocarcinoma, I would, you know, it could be, but I would have picked lymphoma first. In fact, this was a case of chemical gastritis. I thought it was malignancy. This patient was scoped, and it came back chemical gastritis and biopsy from NSAIDs. Uh, we do talk about how the fact that you can be fooled at times, that sometimes inflammatory disease, particularly gastritis due to drugs, can simulate malignancy, particularly early malignancy. The one thing this is not is a normal stomach that's not distended. We do make the point that when the stomach is not distended, you can be fooled. But here, the stomach is well distended, and those folds are markedly thickened, and you can see the abnormal enhancement. So the least likely is number D. This is a great case, and the challenge is to only show you two images. And what's the most likely diagnosis? Well, what you see is a cystic mass in the head of the pancreas. It looks like there's some vascularity along the rim of the lesion, as well as within the lesion proper, when you compare arterial and venous phase imaging. Now, I guess if this patient was 18 years old it, and female, this could be a spend tumor. We've seen spend tumors that are cystic. That'd be a good possibility. Neuroendocrine tumor, usually they're more vascular. IPMNs, if this was an IPMN, it would be a mo aggressive malignancy in an IPMN. The most likely diagnosis, you can see the septations, though the enhancement's a little bit strange. I'm still going to go with a cirrhosis adenoma. I surely could not exclude a neuroendocrine tumor, but it would be a typical, but this was a cirrhosis adenoma. In this case, I asked for the most likely diagnosis. Forget the answers I listed. Look at the liver. The liver on the axials and the volume rendering is markedly cirrhotic. And then you see evidence best shown on the 3D of a two and a half centimeter hypervascular lesion. And if you look back toward the venous, you can see the lesion is there, or rather to the axial. The lesion is there, and there's some neovascularity. You have a cirrhotic liver. Remember, we never call hemangiomas in cirrhotic livers, plus this doesn't look like a hemangioma. There's no peripheral puddling. FNH, the neovascularity to the lesion is not FNH. And the hepatic adenoma, if this was a hepatic adenoma, it would have been a hepatic adenoma that became a hepatoma. Cirrhotic liver, you're always thinking about hepatoma. And in fact, this was a small hepatoma with vascular invasion. The most likely diagnosis in this 30-ish year old is, it's a beautiful example using two different types of cinematic rendering. Look at the patient's dilated left subclavian artery. To me, when I see that, and then, aha, there's narrowing just beyond it, that's classic coarctation. 
we wrote that in the article we published a couple of years ago about coarchs talking about the large lifts of clavian, and this is just a beautiful example. Again, the sagittal view of the sagittal 3D in this case is optimal for looking at the aorta. Some people call it a candy cane or whatever else you want to call it type presentation, but just a very nice example. In this case, I'm asking you for the least likely diagnosis. Well, what are you seeing here? On both the MIP imaging and the cinematic, you see a very, very large spleen with multiple low-density lesions. If I had to pick the answer here, I would have said CLL. CLL typically gives you the largest spleen. The other thing, mononucleosis in a young patient, you could have huge spleens of mononucleosis, but this is even there almost too large. In fact, this was a case of polycythemia vera, polycythemia vera with myelofibrosis. Just a very, very impressive example. Um, again, I would have favored leukemia. In fact, this patient has had bone marrows many times because with polycythemia vera, you worry about malignant transformation, but this has not happened. This is not sickle cell disease. Remember, classically, sickle cell is a small autoinfarcted spleen. Sometimes with sickle thalassemia, you can see a larger spleen with some calcification, with areas of infarction, but nothing of this size range. So that's the least likely diagnosis. What's the most likely diagnosis for this mass in the left lower quadrant? When you look at it, it's round, it's enhancing, and I know it would be easier if you had the whole data set, but in case you didn't notice, there's no spleen. I've shown you MIP images and volume rendering, and you would see a spleen if there was one. There isn't a spleen present. Yes, you can think about a carcinoid, but that gives you a desmoplastic reaction. It's not so smooth. In a large node, that's a really strange location, and the node would have to be enhancing, and I see no other nodes. A mental implant, I guess you can consider that. It's a little bit to the left, but you can consider implants, but again, typically so round, so homogeneous. And once you realize that this patient does not have a spleen, you know you're dealing with an accessory splenule. And remember, these accessory spleens can simulate nodes or masses on the omentum or mesentery. They can simulate pelvic masses, all sorts of problems. So it's something very important to consider when you're reading scans and you notice the spleen is missing. This pregnant patient had an acute abdomen. What's the best diagnosis? Again, we don't want to do CT in pregnant patients unless there's clinical dilemma. Here, there was concern about an incarcerated bowel. They had no idea the patient had this bleed. Beautiful example of erectus sheath hematoma. There was no incarcerated hernia. There was no SBO, and there was no appendicitis. Just a beautiful case. And you can see, I could not find active bleeding, but the bleed is recent with the blood fluid levels so nicely defined. The most likely diagnosis in this case, this is a wonderful study. If you look at the coronal views, you can see that there's soft tissue surrounding the aorta from the diaphragm down, encasing the renal arteries and involving the SMA and celiac. You also can see it extends straight down along the aorta, along the course of the common iliac arteries. And you can see it also appears to involve the renal arteries. When you look at the excretory phase, you see the duplicated system on the right, but what you're really seeing is the fact that ureters are being immediately displaced. They're kind of tied in. You can see how they come really close to the vascular calcifications in the aorta. So what gives you soft tissue infiltration around the aorta, medial deviation of the ureters, that's gonna be retroperitoneal fibrosis. 
Lymphoma, more likely than not, would have displaced the vessels laterally. A leaky aortic aneurysm with perianeurysmal fibrosis. I guess that's one of the causes of retroperitoneal fibrosis. TB, you can get scarring, but not the symmetry. And with TB, you would have extensive calcification. So that's not the case. This patient had weight loss and fever. What's the most likely diagnosis? Obviously, when you look at the list, pancreatic cancer, lymphoma, metastasis, I'm thinking three malignancies, and then I put down autoimmune pancreatitis. If you look at the case, the head of the pancreas looks okay, but the body is edematous. And whether it's on the axial cinematic or on the coronal, you see the patchy enhancement, and particularly on the axial display, you see the low density around the pancreas, that's consistent with the classic cigar appearance of autoimmune pancreatitis. This was a wonderful example of autoimmune pancreatitis. Indeed, very, very classic. This patient had back pain. When you look at the lesion on the soft tissue images, there's a large presacral mass, which really extends posteriorly into S1. It's infiltrating, you can see on the bone windows, the bony infiltration, the soft tissue mass. Could this be a plasma cytoma? I would consider it, but then the bone would be more expanded. Could it be metastasis? I also would expect more bony destruction. Could this be a soft tissue sarcoma in front of the spine pushing in? Theoretically, yes, but unlikely. Sometimes you see rectal cancer growing upward, but that's markedly irregular and this is very smooth. And this is a classic example of a chordoma. We don't see chordomas that frequently. Remember, this area, lumbar spine sacrum, as well as base of the skull, are the most common areas. So with that, 10 terrific cases, 10 terrific answers, to 10 terrific questions. Have a terrific day. Bye-bye. If you liked what you heard here today, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit our website, ctss.com, for lectures, quizzes, pearls, and more. Also, be sure to check out our apps that are available for free on the Apple Store. All links are in the description box below.